I'm Alex Del Sordo, and we are at another Coaches Yelling episode for what with Rower's Choice. Now, this is an, an exciting time. We've, we've had a very positive results for our first ever episode, over 300 views on YouTube, coaches and athletes telling us how great of a, an idea this is. And I got the veterans back. I got Mike Wallen, Luke Walton, and Kerry Simmons back, but we have a newbie. We have Reed Johnson, who is going to get crushed in coaches yelling, but I'm very excited to introduce my first person, Kerry Simmons, gold medalist in the Olympics, two-time world champion, but the biggest loser from last week. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. And I hope to represent you all better, those watching. <laughs> we hope. So there we go. So there's Carrie. Next on the chopping block here is Luke Walton. Now, Luke is the founder of Rower Academy. He is the former ED of the Crew Classic, my favorite regatta. He is also undefeated in the rowing world of college. However, he was defeated badly, really, really bad by Mike Wallen last week. Luke Walton, Walton. Luke Walton, Walton, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Uh, Wallen, I'm coming for you today, uh, or whoever else thinks that they're going to win this thing. I am donning a silver medalist hat today. Uh, yes. Uh, I am currently shaping the brim of my soon-to-be gold medalist hat for winning in the second episode. Welcome to the show. Now, the... Uh the baby here, the young guy, the guy who, who thinks he's super cool and, 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 and has some rowing experience, never won a national championship, never won Olympic gold medal, has been defeated his entire career. Reed Johnson, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I bring that underdog mentality and I figured I'd also bring the Hawaiian shirt to the, to the montage as well. So thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Thank you for being here. Now the winner the winner of the first ever. This guy is the only undefeated person here today. Mike Wallen, the program director of Chicago Rowing Foundation, a former Cal Bear, a St. Joe's Prep alum. Wallen, man, welcome to the show. Glad to be back. Looking forward to doing it again. Man of few words. Man of few words. Now, we're going to start. Uh, the first question um, is going to go to Mike, uh, who was the winner of last week's episode. And the question, I'm excited for this one. I think this is going to spark a lot of debate. Now, rules are always the same. If I like what I hear, I give you a thumbs up. If I don't like what I hear, I give you a thumbs down. At the end of the first round, you're going to have, we're going to have a score, okay? And as you get past the first two questions, one person's eliminated. Mike, the first question is, now I'm like preparing myself for this because I cannot wait to hear your response. Who is, in your opinion, the greatest coach in modern day rowing from 1975 to 2020? All right. Uh, really hard question. Uh, we came down to Tom Terharver, Steve Gladstone for me. Um, with the, the Olympic championships consecutively, the world championships, it's hard to take anything away from Tom. I wouldn't even try. Um, I went with Steve and I'm splitting hairs by a little bit uh, because I think there's a little bit more coaching, a little bit more teaching in college versus the elite level, and uh, more importantly, just the amount of stops he's made. He had a dynasty at Harvard, then he went and won his championship at Cal, then he went and had another dynasty at Brown, then he had another dynasty and totally restored Cal's program with the, the four or five titles there. And then, just cherry on top, he decided to go to Yale. I mean, Yale was cute. They were never fast. And what, what were they? Um, they never had a good crew for how many years? I mean, it was like watching white men can't jump, right? It was like Wesley Snipes was on the basketball court, 
talking to all the uh, guys saying, hey, you can pick my partner and I'll beat you. And they're like, oh, you get, the, you get the white guy. Well, Yale was the white guy. Steve picked him up, and now they're hustling people, man, because he was about to win four in a row again. So you have 10 more seconds. Do you want to use those 10 seconds, or do you want to move on? I don't think anyone's going to beat that, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I'll get, I'll get to my opinion at the end. Next, on the, on, on, next up is uh, Reed Johnson. Now, Reed, I'm going to repeat this question one more time, okay? Okay. In your opinion, who is the best modern-day rowing coach from 1975 to 2020? You're on the clock. That's an easy answer. It would be Jurgen Grobler from uh, Great Britain. He's won an Olympic gold medal uh, in every Olympics that he has participated in as a coach since 1976, keeping with Alex, your time frame since 1975. He completely reinvented the wheel for rowing in Great Britain. I can get more into that later. Uh, he is the only coach to coach a straight four to five consecutive gold medals in the modern Olympic Games. Jurgen Grobler wins time and again. Now, you have over a minute to go. Do you want to use that minute or are you just, are you done? Because uh, listen, I only got three points on you, man. You got to shoot, you got to give me other reasons why this guy is it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you also look at his record, he goes pair in 92, pair in 96, four in 2004, 2004. Straight four in 2008. The eight gets silver in 2008 in Beijing as well. Uh, let's add 2012, uh, four gold, eight bronze. And then let's just go cherry on top, 2016 Rio Olympics. He goes four gold, eight gold. It's just, it's, it's untouched. It's unmatched. He completely invented the wheel for, for men's and women's rowing with the National Lottery funding in Great Britain after 96. Matt Pinson and Steve Redgrave are incredible athletes. They owe their career to Jurgen Grobler. Um, that enough said. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you're off the clock. I'm deducting you a point, Reed, because you just gave me really great stats. Okay, I didn't hear anything but that. You're just an historian. You gave me stats. Awesome. The end of the round with four points. Mike's at five, still in the lead right now. Next up is Carrie. Now Carrie Simmons. I gotta say. You got destroyed last episode, okay? So here we are. I'm going to repeat the question. Who is the greatest modern-day rowing coach from 1975 to 2020? You're on the clock. Well, first of all, it was hilarious watching Reed give all those stats with an American flag in the background. Um, (laughs) But this is hard. You know, I've worked with some of these coaches that have had a lot of success. And what came down to it was who was a coach that inspired me most, not just as an athlete, but as a coach myself. And for me, it's Laurel Corholes. And what I love about this is many of you don't know who this is because she flies under the radar. She's not about attention, about the recognition as a coach. She is all about making fast boats and um, working with athletes to make them as fast as possible. So Laurel is the assistant coach for the U.S. team. She works alongside Tom. She's had an unparalleled athletic career with the U.S. team, 11 years since 94 raced in both sculling and sweep, which I think a lot of these coaches can't say they've done anything athletically, but also to be both a sweep and sculling compete and now coach it. So Laurel is someone that can bring technical boat feel to her coaching. And she helped the American women win a bronze medal at the 2012 games. She helped the quad women's quad, sorry, Women's Quad 2012 bronze, as well as 2015 World Championship gold. So this is the first time ever in American women's history that this is this has been done. 
And I think if you ever meet Laurel, she is soft-spoken, she's sarcastic, she is highly respected by athletes, and there's Top no time. Wow. An obscure coach that I don't think any of us knew who she existed. At, oh, Luke, of course he did. Incredible. I love, I love that. And you know what? And, and why Carrie's in the lead with seven points is because she was pulling out reasons why she is a, this woman is a great coach, right? It's, it's how she connects to the athletes. It's what she's done. And you know what I love? That, that coach supports the greater coach, the one that we all know, right? And the unsung hero, I love it. I love that response. Now, Luke, you're up, man. Luke Walton, I'm, I'm excited because you have had some incredible coaches in your career at all levels and a guy that on the national team and Olympic team, like, here we go. So I'm going to repeat it one more time. Who is the greatest coach in modern day rowing from 1975 to 2020? You're on the clock. So my answer uh, is Steve Gladstone. And so Mike's already given, Mike Wallen's given us the reasons why I can expand upon uh, reasons and how he has helped me in my development. But that was the route that Kerry's already gone. We can go through stats, but then I'm going to get in trouble for stats. <laughs> so if I'm going to try to win this at all, I've got to go off the reservation and say, let's talk about how we define success and how these coaches are being defined, right? So with Gladstone, it's that he's doing it in different programs. Uh, Harry Parker at Washington doing it for over 50 years in one place. There's only five or six coaches in the history of Harvard rowing. Harry's one of them, 50 years, right? Um, Gavin at Temple, right? Dad bales are what Temple went after every single year, uh, you know, and with that stat, what is it? 20 dad bale titles with 13 consecutive from 89 to 2001. That's dominant within your division. So we've crossed divisions, right? It's been D1 and then it's D2 and it's Olympic. What about Mike Tatey? Did it at the collegiate level, did it at the international level, brought it back down, did it at the collegiate level again. So I think it's about defining how do we define the success of these coaches? Is it at the Olympic level? Is it at the collegiate level, collegiate and Olympic, within divisions, across divisions? And I love what Kerry did with this conversation because we're also talking about coaches who are a bit unsung but played the role. Time, Ah. So, you know, Luke – I'm, I got a, I got a tough thing here, guys. I, I had four or five coaches that Luke talked about and we're, we're crossing the one thing I do appreciate. And we're going to, we're going to end with Luke with five points. So we have a, a tie between Mike and Luke. We're going to get back to this question on the second, on the next round, uh, because there's a lot of things. I think everyone said that we need to debate more. We're going to take a short break for the word from our sponsor. And we'll see you back in a couple seconds. going to go over the scores here for everybody uh, watching. Carrie, who was lost first in the lead right now with seven points. Mike and Luke, a tight second with five points. And Reed, a distant, distant uh, fourth place with just four points. Give him some credit. But now listen, what I want to go here now is, as listeners, leave us comments. Tell us what you think defines success in our sport. Tell us who you think the best coach is. I'd love for you guys to be involved and give us some feedback on on what defines success. We're going to get into question number two here. And this is a question that every coach has asked and every kid has asked in a drunken state or they have just been at the race course. 
do herbs actually float? Okay, that's the question. Now, we're going to start with Reed Johnson again. Reed, you're on the clock. Listen, you have one minute to answer. Do herbs actually float? You're on the clock. Um, herbs do not actually float. C2 herbs are not buoyant, but um, <laughs> they do, in fact, uh, heavily matter. Um, I, I think that uh, that is not a topic up for debate. You, you show me any incredible athlete, international down to the high school level, and they have an ERG score to back it up. I don't care if they focus on the ERG or not. Mahe Drysdale does not necessarily focus on the ERG. He just got on the ERG and ripped out a close to a 15-minute 5K on the C2 static ERG. It's just a fact. Power equals speed. And, and, you know, we always like to sit here and debate, oh, like, you know, he or she can move the boat better than this person. And, okay, everyone's different on their journey, but an ERG scores absolutely matter. Um, I can get into any kind of name, Ollie's either 540 Eric, he wins the, wins the world title in, in the men's single after only three years of training at this elite level after being a swimmer in Germany. Um, it's just, there, there's just so many, there's so many good, amazing things that come from the C2 static. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I think what, what I love about Reed is he brings in, he's a historian, by the way, he has a degree in history. He brings in the scores and the names. I mean, like this guy is just, he just always does it right. Okay. So Reed Johnson, uh, you got you got eight points in the first round of, of the first two questions. Next up, uh, Mike Wallen. Mike Wallen, the question for you on the clock: Do ergs actually float your own? I can't stand this question. I can't stand the people that act like they don't matter. Can we just please all agree that this is a huge factor in how fast you can go? It's not about comparing this guy to that guy. It's about comparing you to you. If you go 6.10 or you go six minutes, which version of you is faster? That's completely tangible. You're faster, okay? Does that mean every 6.10 loses to every six minutes? No, there's other factors, but I'll tell you this. Every seven minute loses to every six minute. So there you go. I mean, at some point, it just tangibly matters, whether it's you or like a big gap, okay? Um, and it matters to teams too. Show me a team that has a room full of bad erg scores and I'll show you a slow ass team. Okay. You can't do it. There has to be an athletic fitness culture in the program and it has to be inside of each rower or it's just not going to go fast. I can't stand the technique stuff. It gets over overblown. This isn't a magic show. We're not coming down to the race, holding our little Harry Potter wands. We're holding an oar and we have to smash it for six. Man. Awesome. That, uh, you know, I got a feeling that all four people are just going to agree to the same thing. They're all going to agree that ergs are already, but it comes down to the argument. How strong is your argument? And Mike had a good argument there. Uh, he finishes the round with 11 points. So, Reed, you're at the bottom right now, man. I'm sorry to say uh, you're at the bottom. Kerry, the question for you now. Listen, you are, you are at seven points right now. One more point to tie, two to advance. Do ergs actually float? You're on the clock. All right. So the question is, do ergs float, not do ergs matter, guys? And ergs do not float. Okay, I think I said at the high school level, you can have a good ERG score and it will probably win you some races because the gap, the margin is just so much greater. At the elite level, you have to have both. ERG is a measure of fitness for coaches. It's universal for recruiting. You know, we use that 2K score to recruit kids. But at the end of the day, it does not mean if you have a fast ERG score, you're going to move a boat fast. It's a great tool. And I think it's underutilized in that sense. People are rolling like donkeys on the erg just to get a fast score. Do the same thing in a boat, it's not gonna work so well. 
But the ERG is a great tool if you use it. Stable platform, you can work on things, body prep, recovery, relaxation, picking up the load, all of that translates if you use it. Okay, so time. time. So, you know, I gotta say, I gotta point this out. She is the only Olympian meddling person here. And I, you know, there's a lot of weight to what she's saying. Okay, she's been at all levels, guys. And I, look, she ended the round with 10 points. So I, I got one more to go. We got Luke to close out the argument here. All right, Luke, you need three points to tie Reed, four to advance. And you, you, Let's get him ready to go. Let's get his off muted. Luke, you know the question, man. Do ergs actually float? You're on the clock. So I'm going last again, which everyone thinks there's an advantage. I think it's a disadvantage. Everybody took all the good arguments already. You get to hear all the arguments, but they're already gone. They're all I'll gone. Give you a point. Uh, to Reed's point, ergs do matter. Uh, as a proud midweight rower, it's a category. Look it up. Midweight rower, uh, about 180 to 185 pounds for heavyweight rowing. Ergs matter because I can take them down. I've taken down a lot of guys in seat racing in 550s and under with a 602 erg, right? It's a power to weight ratio sport. That is vitally important. It's not just the speed. It's how you apply it technically, as Carrie was saying. Uh, to Mike's point, show me slow ergs and I'll show you a slow crew. Mike, 2000 Cal, slowest ergs in the Cal Boathouse, won the national title by five seconds. We technique that thing all the way down the course. Uh, a proud boat of midweight. So ergs do matter for fitness. It's you against you. Like Wallen said, I think that's important, but we've seen the big ergs and we've seen, they do great in singles, but not in big boats. Uh, man, uh, we have a problem here, everybody. Luke ended with a tie with Reed and I don't know how to handle this thing right now. This is the second time. Okay. And you know what? Luke's right. Okay. Luke is right. Going last is a disadvantage because every Everyone else already had their great arguments. I can't hear you, Carrie. Sorry, sorry. So after a word from our sponsors, we're going to come back and we're going to have a duel to the death between Reed and Luke. More from us soon. Hey guys, it's Luke from Rower Academy, where we give you the information, tools, and training you need to successfully navigate the college recruiting process. Check us out at roweracademy.com and start training for your future today. And we're back now. You know, I, I did not. I did not predict this. I was. I was not trying for this. I promise you. But we have just like episode one. We have a, a, a fight to the death to make it to the next round. Luke Walton, Reed Johnson. Here's how it's going to go, guys. You are going to have 15 seconds to debate your argument one more time. Okay. And I'm going to have Mike come in and help me out here. The the two of us are going to work this out, and the winner will advance. Okay. So. Um, I'm wondering if I have a coin to flip, and I do. So, Luke, call it in the air, man. Uh, tails never fails. <sighs> Bang, heads. Sorry, man. <laughs> so, Reed, do you want to go first or last? Um, I'll open this up. I'll okay. Open this up. You'll go first? I'll go All first. All right. Reed Johnson, you are on the clock. Go. Um, I, I think this is, I think it's pretty simple. I've never seen boats go faster and then erg scores go faster. I've seen ergs get faster and then the boat goes faster. It's a simple relationship. They do matter. Um, it is a measure of power and fitness. 15 and seconds. All right. So his, there, there is his clear argument. Luke Walton, you have 15 seconds to, to, to try to beat that. Here we go on the clock. The way to make ergs float. 
rowing is a power to weight ratio sport. Most power you can produce, then take that to the boat. You have to row technically well. That's how you make them float. All right. So his, 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 okay. Now I understand where his position is. So it matters a lot in, it's a fitness tool, but you have to row very well. That's the only way it's going to, so, so ergs do, do matter a lot, but they also, they do float. Okay. They don't work hand in hand. Wallen, come on in here. And I want you to tell me who had the better argument. Uh, I'm going with Reed on this one. <laughs> okay. All right. So now Luke's not gone. Okay. Luke was second last week. He's fourth this week. He's not gone because we're going to use him up in a second. He is going to be the judge with me on who's advancing to the next round. Now we're going to get right into this. We are going to put four minutes on the clock. Let's unmute Carrie, Reed, and Wallen. Now we're going to go back to the first question. I want you guys to debate who is the best coach in modern day rowing. And while this is happening, Luke is going to be taking notes with me. And we're going to kind of determine at the end who is uh, who's right and who's not. Well, it's first of all, I'm going to say Laurel can power clean more than any of those two Gladstone. That's, that, that, the power clean argument doesn't stand in, in a who's the better. So as far as inspiring goes, um, athletically speaking, Laurel wins it. And then also she coaches both disciplines, which I think you guys just said some sweet coaching, which Terry, pause, you're out, you're mute. 10 seconds. She had standalone success. I mean, the argument with Steve just literally everywhere he goes and with Yale, he looked, and with Cal and the first time or the second time we went back to Cal, he took two places that were not fast and not even really relevant. Bring Carrie back on. Yeah, no, but again, there's something to be said about sticking with a program long-term. And that's my argument for Jurgen Grobler. I love Steve Gladstone. I spent a lot of time with the man uh, in my background. He gets to recruit the best athletes in the world every year. And they all, they all come to his program. That's not a secret. Jurgen Grobler has done it year after year after year, Olympic cycle, world championships. Every single time the GB men put it together, his, his track record is unmeasured. The success of British rowing in general at the junior under 23 level, it's exploding over there because of what he brought to the table starting in 92 in Barcelona with Matt Pinson and Steve Redgrave. He did it in Germany. It's the, the, the success is just incredible. And, and it's consistent. And it I feel like it's down to whether or not, like, who do you think is a better coach? You know, Mike Krzyzewski or an NBA coach? To me, it's Krzyzewski. I feel like he does a lot more teaching. He's got a lot more of an impact as a coach than the higher level. That's not to say that their job is easy. The egos, the splitting of the hairs, it's it's so hard to do up there. Um, but I do think you're, you have a more direct impact as a coach if you're earlier on in someone's development as a rower. Harry, I want to hear from Kerry. I mean, what do yeah, you Yeah, no, here? I think what we define, we can define a coach, as Luke said, um, the best coach in many different ways. And for me, I picked Laurel because she's someone that all the athletes that worked with her respect. There's no drama. It's about making boats go fast. She teaches the athletes how to make fun of themselves and, and not take things so personally, which I appreciate that quality. And it's someone that I took a lot of what she does coaching style and applied as a coach and it worked well. So can you say that maybe, I mean, again, I don't disagree that all the coaches you're saying are really good coaches. In fact, probably some of the best, but for me, this is someone that inspired me and that's why I picked her. Why, why not? Why not high school coaches guys? Why are we not? Why is no one bringing that up? Does anybody know that Mark Mandel has won five Stotesbury medals? 
How about Bill Lamb? Mike Wallen, you rode with Bill Lamb. That guy is synonymous with winning and success and has turned high school athletes into monsters. Like, why, why are we not talking about any high school coaches? I mean, we can go back to Bill Lamb, and that only enforces my argument that I just made about the ERG scores. I mean, we were crushing everybody in the 90s because we were the first program to understand the value of fitness. I mean, we had, back then, you know, there was not that many guys breaking 630. We would have 16 guys under 630. Um, so, you know, we, guy got injured, guy burned out, no problem. Here comes another guy with a 620 to hop in the boat. And, All right, yeah. let's 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 cut him off. We're going to wrap this up here. I, I think we we're we're going to be splitting hairs. But what it sounds like is is everyone's in agreement that that Grobler is amazing and Gladstone is fantastic. Like I'm sure those guys are honored to be mentioned in this in this uh, message here. But I love what Carrie is saying. There's just something about her argument that brings strength, and and in the fact that she actually experienced uh, this woman as a as a, as a coach. Uh, and I, and I just really appreciate the argument. Now, uh, let me bring Luke back in here. Uh, Luke, here's where I stand with my points. Now, I, I don't, I know that you were keeping track too. Carrie finished with 13, Mike's at 13 and Reed's at 10. So that leaves Carrie and Mike moving on. But do you think that Reed had a really strong argument that he could actually overtake any one of these two here, uh, at the end? I think, I think Reed had a, a really strong org- argument for joining the British national team. I, I, I don't know if he's on here recruiting for Leander and, and for, uh, for GB, but I, you know, as Kerry said, he's got an American flag behind him, but all we've heard about is the success of GB rowing. And so, you know, Reed comes in strong with the stats. We all know who Jurgen uh, Grobler is and how successful he's been and how successful GB has been um, o- over the years. And, and we can't really debate that, but I think where Kerry and Mike are coming from is a position of impact, not just success, but a position of impact over their rowers. And that's not to say that Grobler hasn't impacted his rowers, but when it comes to shaping young men and women and shaping their lives, that's the high school college debate about how a coach helps shape an athlete in, yeah. into a young man or woman. Then, 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 then you and I are in agreement, then we're gonna move on. So uh, after we get back from a word from our sponsors, we're gonna get into the Kerry and Mike Wallen showdown. This is going to be the two pitted against each other in a, in a two question battle. Uh, but let me repeat this again. If you've been watching this podcast or listen to the podcast or have watched this YouTube video, send us your feedback, give us your comments, tell us who you think the best coach is. Do you agree with Kerry? Do you agree with Reed? Do you agree with Wallen? Do you agree with Mike or excuse me, Luke? Tell us your thoughts and feelings. So when we get back from our sponsors, we're going to get into the showdown. Have you tried other online team management systems but been frustrated by the lack of features required for rowing teams? I'm Kevin from iCrew, the only team management system designed by rowers for rowers. It's time to join the expanding community of rowing clubs using iCrew to improve their daily operations. Clubs of all sizes, from small community teams to competitive high school and college programs, are gaining precious time on the water by saving time on land. That's because iCrew combines cutting edge technology with specific organizational and logistical planning features to create a team management system tailored just for rowing. No other system will improve your daily efficiency and ability to communicate with your team members like iCrew. To learn more, visit us on the web at iCrew.club. And we're back now. This has been uh, a heavily debated uh, coaches yelling. It's been a lot of fun, but now we are into the showdown, the meat of it all. 
Carrie Simmons, Olympic gold medalist versus Mike Wallen, <laughs> a non-Olympic champion. But he is the first place in last week's episode. And the, the rules are, are, are sort of out now. I'll call it South Jersey rules, all right? Mike knows what I'm talking about here. No more points. This is a purely defined success by Luke, Reed, and I. The three of us are going to collaborate at the end of these questions to determine who the winner is. Now, Wallen, you have 45 seconds to answer this question. What do we need as a sport? What do we need to do to improve spectator involvement at a regatta? So what are the things that we need to to do at a regatta to get spectators more involved and to enjoy the rowing experience? 45 seconds. We need to celebritize the athletes, man. Like we need to have, we have that big board watching this race. It's just bow surging back and forth. I mean, we got a long race. Let's start, let's, it should look like an ESPN football game. They should be pulling up. This is the stroke seat of, of the great Britain. This is his stats. This is what he did. This is how many champions he got. We need fans of these people. Like I, I barely know who the Olympic rowers are in the United States, let alone the world. Like we need to know who these people are. We need to be fans of the players. We just are like, I'm rooting for America because I'm from America. You know, uh, we don't really have any all-stars like that. We need to, we need to do that. The NBA did it. It changed the league. Um, it's what's really, other than the enjoyment of the sport, which we all have because we're rowers, like that's what drives it. You come back to see the people you like. I'm, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great response. Now, now, Kerry, this goes to you. Now, you know the question, but I'm going to repeat it. You in the U.S. right now, call it the world. What do we need to do at regattas to make spectators enjoy the sport more? What do we have to do? to change the experience of a regatta. You got 45 seconds. Yeah, no. Um, first off, Mike, it's just great to see your full head here on this episode <laughs> and not have it cut off. But I think Mike makes a good point. He just didn't say how. So yes, I agree. I think you need to do more marketing. We need to get to know these athletes. We need more videos, um, taking advantage of drone shots. I think that's an awesome way to show the beauty of rowing, but also can we have more episodes that feature athletes so that you get to know them? Um, I also think just expanding on last week's topic, we need more racing. We need more racing during the year at every level, high school, collegiate, and then you also need more racing at the elite level. There's not enough. Uh, Funding is a big part of that. I know for elite rowing, why we don't as a U.S. team do it as much. Um, So we need more sponsors stop and we uh, i mean she's not wrong guys she's not wrong uh and look to her credit uh you know she put mike in his place didn't answer what <laughs> didn't really say how now this next question is completely obscure okay philadelphia the schuylkill we all know how unfair those lanes are right you know what i'm talking about so the question is how fair is lane six in philadelphia you're on the clock I mean, it depends on the conditions. Uh, the, you want to go hard early in lane six, you actually have more current in the beginning of the race and you kind of get hit with a flat spot uh, where you get no help uh, in the last 500 meters. So you definitely don't want to be going into the last uh, 500 meters down uh, if you're in, on the Schuylkill racing. Um, I mean, it's not a very fair course in general. There's a huge turn in it. Um, you know, people cut lanes. It's a, it's, it's a backyard alley brawl of a course for sure. <laughs> you know, okay. Like it's not, it's good. You know, it's good. Everyone who's ever raced in lane six always says, Oh, it's not fair. We're going to lose the damn race. But I've watched a lot of victories come out of lane six. So Carrie, 45 seconds, you're on the clock. How fair is lane six in the Schuylkill river? 
Well, first of all, this is a little unfair of a question because I'm not familiar with this as much. I've only done head racing on that that river. Okay. So I'm going to relate it to our wider audience here and, and relate it to lane six at the Crew Classic. So we get some West Coast viewpoints okay. here. It's less protected, lane six. I'm going to assume on the Schuylkill as well. Um, have people won from lane six? Yes. Is it because they probably were marginally much better of a crew? Probably. Um, you just make it happen when you're racing. Okay. You don't, you don't want to be like, Oh, the race um, course. Okay. You either make it happen or you don't. That's it. That's all. all I right. So let's, 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 let's mute her. Luke and Henry, I'm going to bring you guys in here. I have a winner already in my head and look, the winner was fourth last week, first this week, but I want your opinions. Like tell me Luke and Reed, like who won that argument there? Uh, I, I have to go with you, Alex. Um, you know, Carrie, Carrie just, she, she brought uh, more depth to her points. Uh, there was a little bit like cleaner sort of argument uh, across the board from her. And I do agree while lane six here, lane six there, lane zero here, it's all unfair. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're an outdoor sport. We deal with it. And it's, you know, may the best boat win no matter what. Luke, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I liked, I liked Mike's answers. I, I, I obviously like Mike's answers. I loved I love that he did have a bit of a home field advantage in that second question, yeah. right? And was able to speak very accurately. He could probably tell us every hundred meters what to yeah. expect out of lane six, right? Um, but I also like what Mike has to say about uh, making rowing more professional, uh, giving younger athletes role models to look up to, uh, giving us the ability to know who these people are. Um, but in both in both the arguments, I think Carrie sort of plus one it in the sense that uh, when the question out of lane six, she adapted. She talked crew classic, and she talked about what she knew um, and what and demonstrated knowledge uh, uh, of the crew classic course, a title course. If you guys want to know how to win out of lane six, I can show you on tide charts how to do it. I know a guy <laughs> right, who knows. That for but last thing, yeah, go last ahead. thing I would say, one of the things that I really enjoyed that Carrie did uh, is is saying that we need more shows. We need more. We need more outlets that are talking rowing, uh, bringing these athletes to attention. It's a shameless plug for what we're doing here. So well played, Carrie. I, I think Carrie wins the day. I really do. I think she wins well, the day. I, I think we're all in agreement. So when we get back from a word from our sponsors, we're going to have Carrie uh, give some FaceTime. Face she's going she's gonna to talk about how great she is at winning the uh, second episode of Coaches Yelling. So more from us after our sponsors. And we're back. We have a winner. And for the first time, uh, someone's defeated. We don't have an undefeated winner anymore. So Mike's one and one now. Carrie, one and one. Luke, 0 oh and two, unfortunately. And Reed, 0 oh and one. So we're going to go around the horn here, uh, given their last 10 seconds. Luke in fourth place. Tell us, uh, what, what do you think, man? How, how are you feeling today? I mean, it hurt last week to lose to Wallen. It hurts this week to lose to everybody, you know? Um, I, I got out over my skis. I went ahead and produced this a little bit too early, but trust me, I will be wearing this soon. Very, very soon. I appreciate that. Reed in third place, your first ever coaches yelling episode. How are you feeling today? 
I feel great. Happy to be here. This is a great group of people. So much good knowledge coming out of the, uh, the brains here. And uh, I'm happy to be the resident stats guy. And I will continue to refine my arguments to uh, improve my position in the standings. We're, so, we're going to be calling you in. You're going to be in my ear next episode, verifying stats as we go. Thank you for being a part of this. Mike Wallet, man, I thought you were going to come out 2-0 leading after the first round. How are you feeling today, man? Well, for the record, I've never been in lane six. That's for the slow teams. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was just going off what I heard. Um, it sucks to lose, but to lose to somebody uh, like Kerry, is, is, I can stomach that. Uh, good, good, good man. Good man. Now, I will, uh, I will say, you know, Mike, you, you, may have, uh, you may have lost today, but your girls team has won a lot in the uh, Ergmania Challenge. You have two boats in the, in the final four. So clearly this guy's doing something right. Uh, Carrie, the winner, give us 30 seconds. You got, you got the floor. Go ahead. 30 seconds. Well, you got 30 I will seconds. say thank you for all the kind comments, everyone. Um, it's not an unfamiliar feeling to win. It's been a while though. And this does feel right. So I'm going to go into this weekend or this week just feeling pretty good about it. But yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun talking rowing and um, hopefully sparking some conversations amongst you guys. I love it. Now, I hope you've enjoyed watching episode two of Coaches Yelling. If you want to be a part of Coaches Yelling and you think that you can be Carrie, Luke, Mike, or Reed, give us a call, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Also, if you think any of these people are wrong or right, comment. We want to know how you're feeling as coaches, as athletes. We want to know if we got it right. Maybe we didn't get it right. Maybe you have a better idea on who a better coach is, or maybe you have a better argument on if Ergs float. Uh, this has been episode two of Coaches Yelling, and we hope you enjoyed. Thanks for watching.